afternoon, boys. Can you tell us the difference between country Victorians and country Queenslanders? Uh, well, country Queensland's a little bit more vast. <laughs> um, they're a bit more spread out. You go three hours out of Melbourne and you're into every corner of Victoria. You go three hours out of Brisbane and you haven't got over the Great Divide and Range. <laughs> and speaking of uh, country uh, Queensland, Pete, you've got Cunnamulla going around in race five. That's uh, your old or near your old stomping ground, isn't it? Matty asked me where Cunnamulla is. He didn't never heard of the Cunnamulla no, no. fella. Uh, yeah, no, we want to know if you're the Cunnamulla fella. <laughs> and I've done a bit of Googling too and asked you about the War Memorial, um, uh, the pop town population. <laughs> He's got the, the whole history, history of, of Cunnamulla. Wool, the stock routes, the um, flooding. <laughs> Did you ever get caught up in a flood up there, Mood? It just seemed like it flooded about every 13 years since about 1850. Yeah, they look forward to it, I think. It's about the only time they get water. But uh, it's a unique little town, Cunnamulla. And uh, actually, a couple of years ago, myself and my daughter went up there. They usually race there every Anzac Day. So we actually did the Anzac Day service in uh, Cunnamulla before we headed off to the races and then drove back to Melbourne. Uh, we actually <laughs> drove up the back way through Cobar. So it was a good trip. So, it's a short country drive. <laughs> Short country drive, yeah, about 12 or 13 hours straight up the back. Yeah, I've been to the Cunnamulla races. I think it was one of the hottest days. I've, um, I think it was a bit sweaty, like that humidity for some reason, but it was memorable. Um, and I guess how do you think he's going to go today at race in race five? Oh, listen, he's uh, shown us the world and delivered us an atlas is what he's done this horse. He's, uh, he's had a few trainers. He kicked off with uh, Darren Weir and then uh, went to Philip Stokes for obvious reasons and then because I was an owner he can join my team and uh, he's been an immature horse that's always shown a lot of ability but he hasn't delivered so he's running out of chances quickly and if he doesn't uh, pull his finger out he could be doing his racing in the Kamala <laughs> district pretty quickly <laughs> oh, um, but he, he's found a moderate benchmark 64 by 64 standards this afternoon he probably wants a mile, but I'd still want to see him running extremely well to hold his spot in the camp this afternoon. Right. We were actually wondering, is, is the Cunnamulla fella a mythical person? or who, who is the Cunnamulla fella? Slim Dusty song. I don't know. You'd have to ask Slim, but he might have a bit of trouble doing that. He passed away a few years back. David Gordon Fitzpatrick. Um, yeah. yeah, that was one of his tunes, I'm sure. Hey, um, I note there's a war memorial there, and you mentioned that you and one of the girls went to the... Anzac Day service, and you've always had a yeah. bit of a fascination for war history. Did it begin? Was it? Is it was there a, a bit of a theme, a war memorial type theme up in Cunnamulla? I imagine of the thousand or so people there, they, there would have been a, a few that went off to war a, a few, uh, over the the two world wars. Yeah, well, I, I, listen. Presuming I haven't been all over Victoria, but every sort of country town in Queensland yep. had a war memorial and. My local one was Wyandra, which is where I sort of grew up between Charleville and Cunnamulla. And, um, you know, a lot of, lot of family and, and people, families around the district all had, you know, fathers and grandfathers and great uncles and all that all went off to both wars uh, over a period of time. So uh, probably uh, a, a lot of the blokes out there, uh, and, and I know my grandfather, he didn't go to war because he was... Um, he was a reservist, but they, they were made stay on the land because they needed the war effort at home because they had to grow, grow out cattle and sheep to, to supply and feed everyone, so they couldn't sort of take everyone. So probably lucky in a way, but a lot of great uncles. And my grandfather was the youngest of 13 boys, I think, and I know a lot of his older brothers and all that went off to war, but he, he was uh, fortunate enough that he didn't uh, end up. He was at home uh, supplying the tucker, I suppose you'd say. And a lot of the kids, you see it in the film Gallipoli too, a lot of kids, oh, young men from these 
Outback Post moods where there's not much to do. Like I just Googled attractions for Cunnamulla and it said it's got two caravan parks and that's all it said for attractions. So <laughs> even going back in the day, a lot of it was a sense of adventure and just relieving the boredom and then they didn't realise the horror that awaited them, did they? No, exactly. This was a, this was a great excitement for those young men to go to the other side of the world. Um, you know, they'd probably only heard their grandparents maybe talk about it as migrants or things like that, and here was their opportunity to go to the other side of the world without knowing what actually awaited them. So, uh, sadly, uh, too many of them didn't come home, which is a sad fact of war uh, that still continues today. Yeah, Pete, it is sad when you think about it like that, but and another, I guess, fellow you can say from up that way, uh, Brett Kavanagh, an old mate of yours, he um, probably still celebrating the crew with um, It's Me winning the Cosy Oscar yesterday. Um, he must have been um, pretty happy watching on. Yeah, for sure. No, it's great. No, no one deserves a good horse more than Brett. He's handled a lot throughout his years, and uh, you know, well known that Brett actually broke in and educated Black Caviar for me when he was based at uh, Albury on the border. He used to do a lot of my breaking in, and previous to that at Tokemore when he was based there. And he's an extremely good horseman. He's a Western Queensland lad like myself. Is that where you met? What, where, where did it start with you and Cav? Yeah, well, I, I actually sort of grew up working with Brett's grandfather, uh, Frank Kavner, and he, he sort of, sort of, I suppose, semi-raised us both in the racing industry in Western Queensland. He's a tough old bushy that used to train horses, and that's where Brett and I both got our grounding from. And then Brett went off shearing sheep, and uh, I went to Sydney and worked for Tommy Smith, and then Brett got back into racing years later uh, when he settled at Tokenwall on the track there, and. Uh, he sort of wound down his shearing operations and uh, and got more back into the horses when he when he developed when he had a young family and uh, he wanted to be home more and then he moved to Albury when his kids got a little bit older for the for their schooling and uh, and when the kids finished school he's moved up to Scone and it's great to see him with a good filly and she looks a damn good filly it's me and uh, another great winner for one of our Victorian stallions and Seamus Award also mm. yeah I remember meeting him at Cowra races one day you couldn't get. Uh, someone more down to earth, and he got the world record somewhere at Widjuar tra- shearing so many sheep. I think it was like four hundred crossbred lambs or something like that. But um, uh, Pete, you mentioned Frank Kavanagh. He he was a tough old bugger. I remember reading in your book he was um, you know, you learnt your craft under him to a degree, and he was a tough old bugger. Yeah, no, he was a tough old bushman and uh, a wily old man, and and. Uh story goes that he never faced defeat when he put his front feet up either. <laughs> Brett and I grew up at a pretty tough school and uh, if he couldn't catch us when he got older, he wasn't afraid to give us a tap on under the ear with a chew and rasp or anything that he could get his hands on either. So he, he was a tough old bastard but a good horseman and uh, you know that created Brett and my interest in racing, uh, at working with Frank uh, for, for a lot of years in the bush before we sort of both departed. Hey, you've never sort of become different because you've trained in the big smoke and that question we asked you at the start about what is the difference between country people and city people and I remember at your 50th up at um, the Belgrave South um, uh, mansion I guess you'd call it uh, I can't believe old, you got invited there was an old, I, did, I wasn't I got lost with the kids we we're going to, we we're going to a, an Airbnb and we took the wrong turn there was a, a lovely old cocky there. I think he was from Buchan or something. He was one of your mates' uh, moods, and I saw him again at the Buchan picnic. So I, I'm not sure where he was from, but that was the connection. He may have even come from up north. But you've retained a lot of those ties, and you, you've never been affected by you know the, the frills of the of the big city. What 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 is the essence of country people? What is it that you, that we love so much about country people? Oh, listen, I 
nature. They're, they're, they're just very down to earth and, uh, you know, they, they, they keep you grounded too, um, pretty much. Uh, you know, they've never treated me any different when I had uh, good success with good horses and uh, and then when things weren't so good, uh, they were people to rely on and go and spend time with when I needed to get away when, in some of my darkest times, you know, and, and they treat you exactly the same uh, whether things are good or bad and, you need a hand, they're always there to help you out. Um, it's because they're used to good and bad times, aren't they, with Mother Nature and all that sort of stuff. So they ride out waves and they're, and they're, and they're tough, aren't they? They've got a good work ethic, generally. Yeah, well, they, they are. You know, they've got to be very resilient and very self-reliant. And uh, like you say, they're, whether they're people that are genuinely live on the land or people that live in rural towns, their lifestyle is dictated by seasons, isn't it? And whether it's drought or flood or... Or, or fire, you know, and everyone feels it. If the people on the land aren't doing well, the people in the towns aren't doing well and everyone associated with them and everyone does it tough and they live through the good, bad times together and look after one another. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a tough lifestyle and for hundreds of years, Australia, so the, the, the old saying, uh, lived off the sheep's back. Now, that's probably not so much the case in the days of tourism and mining and all that, but... Uh, you know, those people looked after one another for, for hundreds of years and continue to do so to this day. And uh, they're just great people, very reliant. I'm not saying city people aren't likewise, but uh, I, I think you probably find the more genuine folk in, in the country. And, and, and me saying that, I left the bush when I was 15. I'm now 50, so I've spent a lot more time in the city areas than I have the bush, but I, I've never forgot where I came from and, uh, and, uh, and I've never forgot the friends along the way, you know. Darren Weir's homecoming at Berry Willock was a very big eye-opener for me. Steve Moran came with me as well, and uh, we went the day before and we went the day after and met a few of the townsfolk and so on, but then we all got to the local pub afterwards, and the one thing I remembered was that they all had gigantic hands and vice-like handshakes. <laughs> Have you ever got a, a... We won't mention the racing family uh, moods, who you'll know who I'm talking about, who have got particularly soft Handshakes, all the brothers do, uh, but uh, the the country handshake is a very it's a vice like grip, isn't it? Uh, definitely, definitely, and uh, and I reckon if you've ever a chance to have a chat to Darren down the track one day too, and through his times of woe and dark times, I'm sure those people in the bush would have stuck by him, where a lot of other bastards would have turned and run the other way, and whether rightly or wrongly, what you thought he he he'd done uh, throughout his career. Uh, we're all human and uh, we all need a mate at times and particularly if you find a dark time and I'm sure those people in the bush would have been standing up behind him while other bastards turned the other cheek yep. and I know I went through that myself. Hey, um, Moods, you'd be missing. You'd, I know you're training these days but you've had a lot of fun travelling around to the different country cups and, and race meetings around the country. Unfortunately, we can't do that these days but all the cashies that used to get too. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, listen, I, I, I love the, the, the country racing and, the, and the, you know, the two- and three-day carnivals at different places. It uh, doesn't matter if it's Broome or Alice Springs or uh, Swan Hill or Warnable or whatever. You know, there's, there's great carnivals and great times to be had. And uh, and uh, I used to enjoy, uh, you know, I haven't got a stable full of sort of old handicappers that I used to have, and I'd always have runners in races like the Seymour Cup and the Kilmore Cup and Bansdale Cups and those, and there's nothing better with... Uh, 
load up the car in South Belgrave on a Sunday morning. Whoever was walking up the street, we'd put them in a headlock, drag them into the car and usually put a, a slab on ice and off we'd go to the races somewhere and more often than not we'd come home with a winner and sometimes we'd come home with a cup and we'd have an absolute ball and if it was a two or three day, well, that was better. <laughs> yeah, Moods, I reckon you were the one that probably taught some of these city trainers that, uh, you know, a couple hours in a car isn't very far. But you've got um, Nickajack Cave. It, will he head to a Geelong Cup on Wednesday and then, uh, you know, I guess you're hoping to win and then go in the big dance on the first Tuesday in November? Well, we're not going to run at Geelong and we're still holding out hope that he doesn't have to run before the Melbourne Cup. We're sort of interesting to learn maybe what attrition out of the, the Caulfield Cup. I think he's up to about number 30 at the moment. Uh, and, you know, we might learn in the next week or so if a few of those horses that went round on the Caulfield Cup might look at other options or, or, or different avenues. And we saw Santiago go for a spell during the week out of the Irish uh, team. Um, you know, he, he's creeping ever so much closer. So the genuine hope is not to run the horse before the Cup. Uh, his preparation's all been about not having to do that. So I suppose I will nom him Monday for, say, Mooney Valley. I probably will know him during the week for even Bendigo, but I, I, I certainly won't take him to Geelong at this... No, well, I won't. He's not running at Geelong. Um, so Mooney Valley, Bendigo, and I suppose even the Lexus. But that'll be the conversation I'll have with Connections because uh, after talking to his previous trainer, Gerline, in Ireland, um, I really don't believe it's going to be suited for him to run before the Cup. The belief is it just takes him a, a, a while to recover from a run. And obviously we're getting very close to you know, the, the big target. So if we have to run beforehand, it probably takes away from his chances to in, in the Melbourne Cup regardless. Well, Pete, thanks for being our mate. We wish you the best of luck today with Cunnamulla there at Kilmore. We should have something each way, shouldn't we, really? The Cunnamulla fella? Uh, yeah. yeah, why not? Why not? We'll hope we'll open like hell, not, but not as much as he'll be open. Yeah. <laughs> in the dry, dusty plains of Cunnamulla yeah. or sooner than not. I know half the are on Nicker, Nicker Jack Cave because Luke Nolan's riding that galloper and I think Luke's got connections with the Mallee with Menangatang. So the Melbourne Cup went to Birdship and they were telling us that we're all, they're all on your horse anyway, Pete. So um, you're a great man and um, we wish you the best of luck today and, and train plenty of winners and enjoy Kilmore this afternoon. Well, unfortunately, I won't be there, but I will enjoy it if Cunnamulla gets his head in front. So... Uh... Best of luck and uh, God give him strength. Have a good day. Good on you, Moods.